0: This is Machine Language, the podcast hosted by Manufacturing Automation Magazine. You've tuned in to hear conversations with industry experts on the latest industrial automation technologies and trends in Canada's manufacturing sector.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Machine Language. I'm your host, Christina Urquhart, editor of Manufacturing Automation Magazine. When it comes to consumer demand, things have gotten personal. Custom manufacturing, also known as mass customization, flexible manufacturing, or batch of one, has become increasingly popular over the past few years. From Coca-Cola's famous Share a Coke name bottle campaign, to laptop computers configured with the consumer's exact specifications, to individualized features on automobiles, the desire for customization has led more manufacturers to create flexible production cells capable of producing a high mix of items at low volumes. Today we're here to talk about high-mix manufacturing with one of the founders of Omni Robotic, a startup company based in Quebec that has developed self-programming robots for industrial spray and finishing processes. As an engineer and software developer, Francois Simard is dedicated to the experience of the user. So it was of utmost importance that he and his OmniRobotic co-founder, Laurier Wa, create an industrial robot technology that would be easy for non-experts to use. Keep listening to hear how the team engineered their artificial intelligence-enabled solution to use machine vision in a way that will eventually go beyond the finishing area to automate other processes in the production line, and what's next for this made-in-Canada company. Thanks for joining us, Francois.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Let's get started. Maybe you can tell us what a self-programming robot is.
0: So that is a robot that can see, plan, and execute a value-added process on never-seen-before parts by itself. So it is radically different from any robot programming techniques existing today. It is setting goals and constraints to an AI instead of recording a fixed motion in space. So the robot will find by itself how to apply the process even on never-seen-before parts. This is useful because with the right constraint and knowledge, we can actually train a robot that would understand what it does and execute it on never-seen-before parts to be uh, able to execute on on unstructured environment without any locating jigs and on varying production.
1: So what are some of the challenges that high-mix manufacturers in particular have when it comes to production processes?
0: High-mix manufacturers refers to any manufacturers that is either doing made-to-order, just-in-time manufacturing, or mass customization. Aerospace, AV equipment, uh, sheet metal product, structural steel, office furniture are some examples. Uh, By contrast, the automotive and electronic sectors are mass manufacturers. So by definition, iMix manufacturers have a hard time automating their production, as product models are varying constantly over weeks, and often than otherwise, it varies from hours to hours. So, robotic and automation historically were designed for mass manufacturers and are unable to adapt to varying production shapes. Therefore, high-mix manufacturers are relying heavily on skilled labor even today. And that pool of workers is on the decline. The result is that many high-mix manufacturers that we're encountering today are struggling just to maintain their current production level. They are even not even talking about increasing their productivity or quality at this point and they are suffering from the high turnover.
1: So I know you're targeting high mix manufacturers with your startup Omni Robotic. Can you give us a little more background on the company and, and how you're looking to solve that production problem that they have?
0: I've been in the uh, business, so the automation business for uh, 20 years, and we knew right from the start that robot could be much more than mechanical harms repeating the same motion over and over again. So. Creating robots that actually understand what they're doing is incredibly challenging. But self-programming robots can hit three birds with one stone. They could help resolve the current uh, skilled labor shortage I I mentioned earlier. Uh, They can create healthier working environment by avoiding exposing workers to toxic gases or dangerous area. And lastly, they can reduce the consumable energy waste that is contributing in making the manufacturing uh, industry greener and also more profitable.
1: So uh, you mentioned that you've been in the, in the industry for a while. You founded a 3D vision company for automatic machine control in the early 2000s. What, in your previous experience, sort of led you to founding Omni Robotics?
0: Well, at my first company, we were a pioneer in uh, 3D laser measurement in the early 2000s, as you mentioned. And uh, we were asked by an aircraft engine manufacturers to develop a system to create in real time A J-code program for laser drilling operation on a CNC uh, based on the actual shape of a combustion chamber instead of the nominal shape. Some kind of custom tailor programming that had a very important impact on the engine performance in the end. So that was in uh, 2003, and that was also the very first self-programming system we've built. So over the years, we've built like five or six more of those machines for different industries. And we soon realized that it could be applicable to the general industry if the cost and ease of use would be much lower than what it was to build custom solutions. So in order to achieve this, Laurie and I realized in 2012 that we could reach that goal if we would have a platform, a cognitive and perceptive platform for industrial robots that would make that a lot easier to construct custom solution for that industry at lower cost.
1: So can you tell us more about Omni Robotics' vision technology and how it works?
0: If you want to get an AI-driven robot to understand what it does, first, you need that AI to have a full 3D representation of the object to be processed. Current 3D technology used in industrial application are limited to a single point of view, so only some faces are digitized. We need a way to construct a full 3D model of real physical object in real time. And a new technology appeared in 2012, Sensor Fusion. The idea is to gather 2D information from all around the object and incrementally create a robust 3D model of the object inside a graphic card's memory. So this technology was initially developed by Microsoft for the Kinect sensors. So that comes from the game industry, but we knew that we could adapt it to the industrial use. So we've built industrial grade 3D cameras, that are more accurate and tougher than consumer-grade 3D cameras that you can see on some uh, consumer drones today. Using an array of those 3D sensors, we can create a full 3D model of parts traveling down and overhead conveyors, or we can use a single-mounted robot on a um, camera and move it around the object to create the same result. OmniRobotic is providing the brain and the eyes for industrial robots. So our platform is really creating add-ons to make robots, intelligent devices that understand what they're doing. So we're not selling the robot. We do sell the camera and we are renting the brain that is puppeteering the robot.
1: What are some of the limitations of traditional machine vision in industrial robotics?
0: Traditional 3D machine vision is using single point of view. So uh, our technology is really creating an inside and out 3D version of objects. And that's really what the AI needs uh, to be able to perform.
1: How does OmniRobotic use the digital twin in its solution?
0: So we, we've talked about seeing. Now we're, we're going to be talking about planning. For the AI to plan correctly, it must have an exact digital twin of the equipment. This includes the robot kinematic representation, the collidable bodies around the robot, and of course, the part itself on which the robot will be working on. So within a simulation environment, the AI can explore possible ways to perform the process at a rate approximately a thousand times faster than a human could using an offline programming software. So basically, that's an offline programming software on steroids, if you like. And this is how the AI can validate the kinematic solution in the virtual world before executing it in the physical world. So the AI can explore many inappropriate moves in virtual simulation, but it will retain the best solution to be realized in the physical world. This is how the AI never fails. People often refer as AI as a single thing. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So we use different type of AI. So we've talked about how we grab 3D shapes of parts, but having the shape is not enough. The AI needs to recognize faces, edges, and their relationship to construct what we call semantic geometrical representation of the objects. So that's the first type of AI that we're using. I've talked a little bit about the AI that is exploring the search space for possible realization scenarios. So that's things like, Where do I start? What is the best sequence of action that would respect the process constraint while minimizing the cycle time? That's a second type of AI. And lastly, there's a third type of AI that is just doing uh, what we naturally do when we're moving around. We explore the space and we're trying to avoid collision and, uh, you know, placing ourselves in a situation where if we want to reach for something, we would have the reach with our arms to reach it. So all that exploration of space in real time to validate that the plan is executable. That's the last type of AI. So there's actually several types of AI in our solution.
1: This technology can be applied across, you know, many departments in manufacturing, but I know that you're targeting the finishing department first. Uh, Why did you decide to do that?
0: The technology could be applied at several locations in a manufacturing plant, but finishing department and coding specifically have been challenged because there's a high quality expectation from the customer with respect to the final product. I mean, that's where you're basically applying the finishing process that is seen by your customers. But let's be honest, doing that job is boring, repetitive, and that's a very difficult goal to achieve, to meet that quality eight hours a day, standing in a small room covered with productive equipment and having no social interaction. The human body hasn't been built for that type of challenge. And even more importantly, we knew that coatings were a dangerous job. No matter how much protective equipment you wear, applying industrial coatings will eventually damage your lungs and will lead to uh, musculoskeletal problems. It could cost you your health. It could cost you your life. So for us, that uh, was the uh, obvious place to start.
1: So what manufacturing industries in particular does the Omni Robotic Solution best serve?
0: We've been contacted by many industries. So basically everything that is not mass manufacturing, so heavy equipment, aerospace, furniture, sheet metal, structural steel, AV machinery, and more. So those are the kind of industry where processes need to be rigorous, compliant, and where there is a high diversity of parts produced at the same location.
1: Omni Robotic recently secured $6.5 million in funding to commercialize uh, your AI platform, so congratulations on that. How okay. will you guys use the money?
0: Okay, With this investment, we have three objectives. First, we will continue building out the technology for spraying application. We're going to be building a partnership to accelerate our market penetration, and we're developing the framework upon which we'll be able to add new processes like welding and machining in the future. Mm -hmm. So for the short term, most of the spending is focused on hiring uh, very talented people to make our platform usable by our partners. This is critical, you know, because we won't be able to commercialize that and serve the whole planet by ourselves. So uh, we need to leverage existing network. And uh, we think that's the way to go. And that's where most of the investment uh, will go as well. From now to Christmas, we're expected to uh, grow uh, nearly to 30 people.
1: So as you were building the technology itself, what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome?
0: Uh, so uh, Laurier, my co-founder, and I, uh, we worked uh, many years on solutions like this, as I uh, mentioned earlier. But it was always a one-off scenario. So we were building the solution from you know, existing knowledge. So the real challenge is to build a platform that would be usable by existing automation providers so that they could deploy custom built solution using AI by themselves. That means that on the architecture level, on the know-how level, on the user interface level, we had to entirely reinvent how this technology would work. That is a very different job than you know, building solution using your own tools. Essentially, we want to empower our partners to create solutions for scenarios or use cases that we didn't even thought of yet. So building an industrial-grade perceptive and cognitive platform, that's hard enough, but making it usable by non-expert, that's even harder.
1: You touched on you know, how you're going to use the funding to scale up the technology. What are your, your plans to expand the sales growth once you get to that next stage?
0: Eventually, We would like to create an AI platform that is so compelling and so easy to use that even the manufacturers themselves would be able to build their own solution using it. We're not there yet. We're a long way from that objective. So in the short terms, our objective is to sign on partners, to train them, and to get them having customer success. Uh, So we're targeting companies that are uh, in the field of robotic integration or uh, automation components OEM at this time.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, all the best with the next steps.
0: Thanks a lot, Christina.
1: Thanks again to Francois Simard at OmniRobotic. For more information about OmniRobotic, visit omnirobotic.com. As for us, you can find more episodes of Machine Language online at automationmag.com podcasts or join the conversation on Twitter at AutomationMag or on LinkedIn by searching Manufacturing Automation. I'm Christina Urquhart, and that's it for today's episode of Machine Language. Thanks for tuning in.